Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1, it says that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints, which are Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed, let's all read our verse together from the screen. Let's go. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So after he brought greetings, he pronounced grace. Greetings, grace, and glory. Ascribing glory to God. In John chapter 17, verse 1-2, Jesus spoke these words, lifted his eyes to heaven. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. Everything that happens must result in the glory of God. Everything good that happens in a believer's life. Jesus said, glorify me. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. The verse 2. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. The only true God. The beauty of being a Christian is you get the privilege to know the only true God. There is no way you can know the only true God outside of Christ. That's why some people have to force a version of Christ in their book. Because the only way you can know Jesus, only way you can know God, sorry, the true God, the other gods, they have different names. But the only way you can know the true God is through Jesus Christ. He says, verse 3, he says that this is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they may know you. Wow. So eternal life starts with not something to have, but something to know. That's why religion is based on feelings. won't take you anywhere. That they may know you, the only true God, and know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. We are going to verse 5. Verse 4. I've glorified you on earth. I've finished the work which you have given me to do. Wow. May that be your testimony. One day, may you have the privilege of saying, God's assignment in my life I have carried. Everybody who comes on earth doesn't come by accident. Even if you were conceived by accident, it is not every sexual activity that produces a human being. Children are not produced by sex. Human beings are produced by God. God decides that I'm going to, okay. But the means he uses is interaction between a male and a female. Everybody who comes on earth is actually on a mission. That's why you can't take anybody's life. Everybody, because if every sexual activity, if you come as a result of just pure, mere sexual activities. People will not be trying. For it. In fact, some people have even gone to paternity clinics, have done IVF, and still never had a child. Bible says in First Samuel chapter one, it talks about how a woman called Hannah. She she couldn't have a child. The Bible says that for the Lord had shut a womb. The Lord has closed her womb. Whoa. Yeah. Elizabeth and the husband, um, Zachariah, they didn't have a child. But when God's time came, God said, okay, I will send, I will send one of the people I'm bringing on earth on a mission through you. So John the Baptist, Baptist's conception is a classic reflection that anyone who comes on earth comes from God, one, and two. If you are coming from God, that means you have an assignment on earth. So Jesus prayed and he said that 
I have finished the work you gave me to do. Wow. So, everybody who comes on earth has an assignment. God has given you an assignment. Tell someone, there's an assignment God has given you. There's an assignment God has given you. And it must be fulfilled. Jesus said, what you sent me here for, I have finished it. What? I have finished it. That is why, watch this, that is why the entire Christian community and the world has not recovered from Jesus' natural living. Why? Because if you can finish the work they gave you to do, the earth can never forget about you. So that means that everybody sitting here is supposed to be a global shaker, an impact impact maker, a mover and a shaker. You are supposed to be a history maker. Some people have seen miracle, have experienced miracle. You are going to be the miracle. You yourself. Ah, You are the miracle. Others, there are people who read news. Others make noise. You make news. You have the ability to make news. When God has sent you, tell someone, it does not matter what happens to me in my life. I have been sent by God. I have been sent by God. I have been sent. Say, I have been sent. I have been sent. Say, sent by God. Sent by God. So Jesus said, glorify your name and whatever you gave me to do. Verse 5 says that. And now, oh, Father, glorify me with yourself. Wow, I like that one. With the glory which I had with you before the world began. Before the world began, he said, I had a glory of you. I've been walking in, you've been glorifying your name in my life, but there's a certain glory I had with you. Now, glorify me with that glory. Wow. This, is, this tells you his pre-existence with the glory I had with you. So, everything must be to God's glory. And Paul starts by, with greetings. He proceeds to grace, sending of grace, and conferring of grace on his hearers. Every good preaching, the subject is Christ. The effect is grace. You don't hear good preaching and feel you are so useless you want to end your life. And if the preaching was good and it helped some people and you want to end your life, then you are very arrogant and proud. Because some, it can be said, uh, when Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, they were cut to the heart. And they said, no, verse 37, they said, what shall we do? When Stephen preached in Acts chapter 7, verse, sorry, verse 52, 53, somewhere there, the Bible said they were cut to the heart. And they took up stones and stoned him. So it's the same. It's not like the problem was not with the preacher. The problem was with the recipient. Cut to the heart. This one cut. This one, when they were cut to the heart, they killed. This one, when they were cut to the heart, they said, what shall we do? So you have an assignment in life. Now, Ephesians, he comes with greetings. And when he, after greeting them, uh, or, or the salutations, Paul, and actually, the greetings is a grace greeting. But he introduces this. This is me. I'm Paul, and I'm speaking. No, I'm not, I'm not about to speak opinion. I'm an apostle. That's what I say. Paul, apostle, by the will of. So it's not, it's not like I was voted into this position. No pastor gets voted into pastoral calling. No, it's an appointment from above. It must be the will of God. Other than that, you can't have any impact on any life. So God calls you. He said, I am an apostle by the will of God. Introduce this who I am by the will of God, then he said, grace be to you. I didn't come to condemn you. Grace, every genuine preacher of Christ comes with grace. There's always a big space in a preacher's heart, a genuine preacher of Christ, big space in his heart for anyone who wants Jesus. One of the problems is if you have a problem with someone and you expect a genuine preacher to also have a problem with them whilst the people are looking for God, wrong. A genuine man of God can never have a problem with anyone who is looking for God. Doesn't matter what you have done. 
Grace. Grace. Someone shout grace. Grace. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so grace to you. Then he said, blessed be God. He starts giving God glory. Blessed be last week. I spoke so much about this. You know, I can stay on this verse for one month. Blessed be God. Barak is a Hebrew. Barak. Blessed be God. Eulogia. Blessed be God and Father. I, I spoke so much about the Father. God being our Father. Father of our Lord Jesus. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with what? Every With what? Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual, not one missing. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places as long as you are in Christ. The sphere is Christ. If you are not in Christ, sorry, it doesn't apply to you. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Then, you know what? From verse 4 to verse 14, the 10 verses or 11 actually. 11 verses. For 11 verses, he starts mentioning the blessings. That we have been blessed with heaven. And you know the first among the blessings? Joseph. <laughs> Just as he has, he chose us. Shout hallelujah. Just as he chose us. Chosen. That's it. Any blessing God wants to do in your life, bless, be, be upon your life, the first of it is the fact that he chose you. Thank you Lord. There is nothing you can do so good for God to feel obliged to do something for you. There is nothing you can do so good for God to feel obliged to do something for you. Anything God does for you is because he has chosen before you even did other things that would trigger it. He has chosen that you are the one he will bless. And because of his choosing, it caused you to do some things. Who teaches a child how to drink milk? You have to teach a child how to take in nourishment. It comes naturally. You don't teach a child how to poo. That when you eat after some time, poo it. No. Why is he eating? God wants to keep the child well. But so the child must eat. So he has already packaged, programmed the desire for food inside the child. Uh, when, so that when the child is hungry, he will cry for food. That's God's way of trying to sustain this child, bless him by sustaining the child. So before the child arrives, he has put in the, in the child's system what to make him cry for food when he's hungry. And that's how God has used, is going to use to sustain him. So you don't give the credit to the food, but you give the credit to the God who created the desire for the food that would sustain him in the first place. That's why you can't give credit to yourself for your salvation. So God chose us. That's the blessing. It is not a good preaching that makes you get saved. No. Salvation doesn't come because of good preaching, even though it's instrumental. Salvation, there are people who also hear. I mean, they, they, some people heard one of the most powerful preaching in the New Testament. One of the most powerful preachings in the New Testament. When the person finished preaching, they took up stones and killed him. Yes. Because without him, you can't even understand what the Old Testament is fully about. He's able to summarize the whole. He explained from Abraham right the way to Jesus. He explains it. And when they finish preaching, they pick up stones and executed him. Think it is, you get saved by good preaching. They should have been, all been saved. 
Go and check how many quotations Peter quoted when the people were cut to the heart in Acts chapter 2. Five times from the Old Testament, from Psalms, he quoted. Peter quoted, quoted. Some, not sorry, some from Joel, and then Psalms. Quoted five times. He didn't even finish preaching. He didn't finish preaching. Then he said, but you see, all these preachings always explains Jesus. That's good preaching. Because when you look at Peter's preaching, before they pulled a cut to the heart, in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, the Bible said, he said, this Jesus, let it be known that this Jesus whom you people killed, the same, the one you killed, yeah. no, not a different one, the same Jesus, that, uh, that this same, uh, this, uh, God has made this Jesus, this, this, the one that you people killed, this Jesus, not the one in the Quran, the one that you people killed. God has made him Lord. As soon as he said, he explained everything that has been going on, has been prophesied in the Old Testament, explained it to Jesus, through Jesus. I was said, now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. He said, men and brethren, they're calling them brethren now. Good. Hmm? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, oh boy, repent. So Peter showed them the way. And that same day, yeah, 3,000 human beings were saved. Wow. One preaching. One preaching. Awful. But Stephen too. He preached, he preached. He started with Abraham. Even Peter started with Joel. This one went to Abraham. Hey, deep, deep revelations. Explain the Old Testament. Explain, explain, explain it. Then he got to verse 49. After Solomon built the temple, but Solomon couldn't be... Uh, he quoted again. He, this guy was just quoting. Quoted again, 49. Look at the 50, 51. It's, going, it's getting there. Uh, uh, 51. And then he told them, you stiff-necked people. <laughs> Uncircumcised in heart. And of yes, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So are you doing. So you are never very, very different from your father. Don't forget that. Then say which of the prophets didn't, didn't the people kill? But I, I think verse, look at verse forty-eight rather. The most high God does not dwell in the temple. Of the, so it was verse forty-seven when he connected Solomon built him a house. But God doesn't dwell in house made by hands. So he link, he was indirectly linking it to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But that is the one, the house he came to build. So once he said that, your then look, go to the next verse. Go to verse 50, 52 and 53. 52 and 53. Yeah, he said, you killed the prophets, and now you have killed Jesus too. They, the Jews were very culpable. They were not innocent about the death of Jesus. They were culpable. So the preachers, Peter said, you killed. You remember Peter, whom you crucified. Now Stephen said, you have been killing prophets. And they, uh, your fathers have been crucified, and they killed those who... Uh, for told them of the just one, of whom now you have become betrayers and murderers. So the people who came and told them about the coming of Jesus, they killed him. They told them about Jesus. They killed him. You are too big. Then this one, they killed him. This one came and talked about Jesus. They killed him. This one came and about Jesus. Now Jesus himself came, and then they, they became murderers of Jesus. Their fathers have been killing the people who were talking about Jesus. And when Jesus came, they themselves, they also killed him. So all the prophets, their message was the just one. Yes, he said. And they killed those who foretold the coming of the... Do you th who do you think this just one is? Jesus. The coming of Jesus. Of whom you now become... You now have become the betray... You betrayed him. Betrayers and murderers. You killed him. Your fathers killed the ones who were talking about his coming. He came, now you came to do the same thing your fathers are doing. So he spoke about, after all the preaching, he was saying that all this, this that's the Jesus who people, people have killed. What a powerful preaching. When they heard it, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed at it. They gnashed their teeth. They gnashed their teeth. And what happened? They gnashed their teeth at him. And then the Bible said that, by him being full of, oh, by him being full of the Holy Ghost. You want to be a preacher? Get yourself filled with the Holy Spirit. 
want to be a preacher, stop looking for suits. <laughs> start looking for Holy Spirit. Fill him with the Holy Spirit. I will say, by him filled the Holy Spirit. Looked into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing. Ha, ha. Oh, wow. When you preach Jesus, when you preach Jesus, heaven opens. Wow. Oh, the easiest way to secure open heavens is talk about Jesus. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, so, you don't get changed because your friend invited you to church. What changes people is God's choosing. God. God is the main mastermind behind anybody's salvation. Not the preaching and not the decision somebody made. Even though the preaching is necessary, the preaching is a medium through which God saves people. He said, I am sending you, Acts chapter 26, verse 18. I will deliver you from the people I'm sending you. And I'm sending you to, I will deliver, verse 17, I will deliver. He said, I'm sending you, verse 18, to open to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then he will also be sanctified. So, see, when you receive forgiveness of sins, it says you will receive forgiveness of any. Inheritance amongst those who have sinned. Forgiveness of sins entitles you to join the team of the sanctified. Before you get an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified. sanctified. So he said, I am sending you. But why don't you do it yourself? No, I don't work by myself. I work through preachers. I work through preachers. But it is not your preaching that changes them. Even though I'm going to use the preaching. But... Why don't you go ahead and do it anyway? No, I work through preaching because faith comes by hearing. So he said, those who are sanctified, uh, uh, inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith. You can't approach God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone who comes to God must know that he's, he must believe that he's a rewarder. Of those who did. You can't come. Don't attempt approaching God without faith. Yes. He said, it's by grace are you saved. Oh, so it's, an, it's, a, it's the work Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. So it's the work of grace. By saying through faith. You bring faith on the table. So it takes your faith to be saved. It takes faith to be saved. However, how are you going to get the faith to be saved? Because faith comes John chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing. So someone must speak for you to hear, and your hearing is what can provoke and can generate faith for salvation. But already, watch this, this is what I'm, already God has planned, he has chosen you to be saved. He has chosen you to be saved, and guess what? He has put some things in your heart. In fact, there's a scripture that says that you put eternity in the heart of men. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. So, God has planted eternity. You are walking around, drinking Ibo and Shayo. You are, you, are, you are walking around, smoking. You are walking around, messing up. And yet, eternity has been put in your heart. That's, that's why sometimes, sometimes you go back and you feel something is still wrong. Something is still wrong. Meanwhile, your friends, uh, you just messed up the whole night with them. And you alone, they are fine. But it looks like they are fine. But you are not fine. You are not fine. You know what? Eternity has been put in your heart. God has put eternity in your heart. And he put it when he chose you. When God chose you, he puts eternity in your heart. Hallelujah! How come you have a group of friends walking and the guy came to preach to you? Where are the friends? They are nowhere. Your friends were not even interested in listening to. But for some reason, he just, 
He just felt like, this guy is talking to me. And he hasn't mentioned your name. But he still felt like, why, why is the pastor talking to me? It's not the pastor talking to you. It's eternity resonating in your heart. It's eternity. Eternity is resonating. It's, there's the res- resonance, resonance in your heart. The word comes and it causes resonance in your heart. Why? Because there is an ally of God in your heart. It's called eternity. You have put eternity in your heart. So that's why God uses preachers. He uses preachers because the preaching will cause the installation in your heart to come alive. That when God puts eternity in your heart, you have a boyfriend, but still, you are trying to look for something to hold. You have a girlfriend, you are still trying to, you don't do church, but still, you are trying to look for something to hold. You have read, you have followed Black Panther, but still, you are, you have, you have been to the mock several times, but still, yeah, you are trying to, until someone preaches the word, and sad, watch, suddenly, the eternity in your heart, holds on to that preaching. Ah. That's why we need the preaching. It holds on to that preaching because looking for something, but you are not aware. You can't define it. What you didn't know is you look. Your destiny is looking for a preacher. A preacher. A preacher. A preacher. Where are my preachers? A preacher. How can they? Call on them, on him who of, them, of whom they have not believed. How can they believe of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? As he said, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So salvation, God has in his plan. Listen to this. In God's plan, he has planned, he has programmed that research will not bring you salvation. Academic exercise will not bring you salvation. Does that mean I shouldn't do it? No, there's nothing wrong with it. But you won't get salvation from there. Got it? You you, you won't get salvation from it. You'll get other things from that, but salvation is not part of the package. Bible says that it has pleased the Lord through what if you think preaching is foolishness, it's pleased him that through the, the instrumental course, through the means of preaching to save those who be first Corinthians chapter one, from verse 21, to save those who believe. So God's system of salvation said, for sins in earth. These are the things that give me a problem. These are the things that give me a problem. How can I just say sins in the wisdom of God? It's like sins, the world. You see, in the wisdom of God, it's, it's in italics. You can put it in brackets. Parenthet- it's a parenthetical statement. So you can take it out and not utter the meaning of what is being said. But watch this. That parenthetical statement speaks follows. It says, so let's take that out and dissect it. Let, let's analyze it. It says, in the wisdom of God. So God's plan, God is so smart. Through his smartness, this is how he has programmed. So that in the wisdom of God, how he has programmed it is the way, it's just like the way apps work, downloading an app. It works different from Nokia 3210. Yeah. <laughs> very, very different. Very different. I even realized that many computers, where you download app, like app store on your phone, it's not on... It's not the same as computer app store. It's not the same. So what is working on your phone will not work on your computer. Sorry, computer. It will work on your computer. So in God's programming, the way it does things, Bible says that it has... Okay, one. One, it says that the world through wisdom did not know God. That's one. This, this text is... Said the word through wisdom, wisdom, through research, through education, through common sense, through thinking, analysis, and all, you can't know God through that. The world. And the Bible says that. Why is it so? Because that's God's wisdom. God has planned that the world will not know me through this way. 
That's why I say there is no intellectual, intellectual pathway to God. In the wisdom of God, you can't know God that way. In the wisdom, because on the grounds, this is even just for sins, on the grounds of the fact that the world through wisdom does not know God and it is God's system of operation in God's wisdom. Since, for sins in God's wisdom and the world through wisdom do not know God. The Bible said it has, it has pleased God through the foolishness of a certain message that is preached, not lived. Please, uh, uh, preach with your life. Your life cannot, it's too rubbish to be able to preach a pure gospel. Through a message preached. And you call it foolishness. The Bible said, God said, in my wisdom, I will use that foolishness. But the wisdom of God means that, it, it depicts that, that message must be preached. So through the preaching, preach to save, who does the saving? Not the preaching. No. It's a, it pleased God. Through. Okay. So it pleased God to save those who believe. How? Through a message preached. Who does the saving? God. What's the means? Preaching. Of a message. And the message is about Christ. So it pleased God to save those who exercise faith. You see faith. Believe in faith. Where do you get the faith? It comes through the preaching. So when I preach, watch this. When I preach, it's that because eternity is in your heart, it creates a reaction. Eternity, a reaction. <laughs> a reaction. And then that reaction generates their faith. And then you believe. And then God said, through the faith, now I save you. But where did you get that reaction? It's eternity. Where did you get God put in your heart? When? When he chose you. Oh. So when God wants to save you, he chooses you. And then he puts eternity in your heart. So you are living your life messing around, but you don't know. It's there. You can't get rid of it. It's just like your nature. It's just like your race. You can't change it too. You can't change your genius. Yeah. So God has put eternity. God has put eternity in your heart. As soon as he chose you, he put eternity in your heart. So you are living your life, but you have been tagged. You are tagged. You are tagged. There's a limit to which you can go. You are tagged. That's why you didn't die when you almost should have. Why? Because you have been tagged. It's called chosen. Oh. <laughs> chosen. Shout chosen. Chosen. So all the time you are living your life, all the time you are very difficult, all the time you are away from God, away from Christ, messing up or not messing up, whatever you, you are doing, let's say this guy was messing up, this guy was not messing up, this lady was not messing up, this one, different people, different kinds of backgrounds, but the common factor, if you are in Christ, the common factor is that you were chosen, 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 chosen. Your parents could have been Drug dealers or bishop, bishops. Your dad could have been a bishop or a cardinal or a fetish priest or chief imam. Who, what's your background is? You could have been a witch smoker. I'm not in church because my parents are good or I was a good boy. I'm in church because of that one common factor. Why is he in church? Because. Now, let me explain something. For those of us who think your being chosen was predicated on something you have done, look at the text again. Who he chose us, the text, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, just as he chose us in Christ when? What could you have done right before the world began? Before 
your great, 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 great grandfather was born. God had already chosen you. So before you were conceived, you were already a chosen person. Because God chose you and now decided when you are coming into time. That's why there's an assignment for your life. So then, my being chosen and his being chosen is not based on what he, I can never look at him and think I'm better. On what grounds? So long as God is concerned. No, we were all chosen, just that we came from different backgrounds, and your background will taint you. But, so what I'm saying is that we are from different backgrounds, but the original background is chosen in eternity. So I can think once ever that I'm better than him, or you are better than your betterment in the eyes of God has not got to do with the things you did before you come to Christ. What distinguishes you from others when we all come to Christ is how much of God's word is living in you. You understand and it's living in you. How much the word of God, Christ, is dwelling in you. That's what distinguishes you above others in the sight of God. So then when God wants to use some people for some special thing, you are top of the list because of how much you are filled with him. But it's not the fact that you are a well-behaved person. When the word of God fills you, it invariably affects your behavior. So one of the signs that shows that word of God has filled you is it will have a definite impact. It says that the wind blows where it likes, John 1, 8. It blows where it likes, or from nine rather. It blows where you see, you, you hear the effect. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. However, the effect you can hear. No one can tell exactly what, when God chose you, when you are going to change. No one can tell. Even you cannot tell exactly when God decided to choose you, or to, to save you. No one can tell. Just like way no one can tell when they will die. No one can tell when they will die. Death can come at any time to any human being. Old, young, small, big, educated, uneducated, employed, unemployed, bad, good. I mean, death is no respect to a person. But so you can't choose, you can't say you knew exactly, you know exactly when the salvation effect was going to take place in God. No one can tell. So you can't tell where the wind is blowing from. Where it's coming. But when you are saved, you will see the effect. If, if eternity has finally started expressing, salvation has caught up in your life, we will know. When you meet someone who is saved, you will know. You will know by their behavior. You will know they've developed a taste for the word of God, for the things of God. Someone you went to, you bet. He said, now, ooh, now I'm saved. I'm saved. It's time for us to pray. Oh, I don't like prayer. It's time for us to go to church. Oh, I don't like to church. Your Bible, I don't like. Ah, it's not, the person is not saved. It's not, it's not saved. It's not saved. He it thinks he's saved, but it's not saved. Because when you are saved, there will be definite evidence, noticeable, proofs, 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 natural, evidential situations. It shows that you are saved. People who live with you will say, you have changed. Your friends will say, oh, you changed. Then in fact, they will say, leave me alone. Now he's become something. Yeah, people will start leaving you alone from some mess because they know you have changed. But your salvation doesn't come from your change. Your change rather comes from your salvation. So when you are changed, when you are saved, it will show in your behavior. But changing your behavior doesn't guarantee your salvation. Because what determines your salvation is number one, chosen. Number two, preaching. A certain preaching in time, when the fullness of time comes. So, Annie is, thank you. He's chosen, I'm chosen. Before God, we are all they're chosen. And now, Ephesians says that this is number one of the list of all spiritual blessings. In first, or second Thessalonians chapter two, verse 13. 
it says that, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning, ah, 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 this is so sweet, isn't it? Thank you, thank you, sir. Isn't it so sweet? Please sit down. It says that, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. Through sanctification, sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. That's why you have to hear the truth. You have been chosen. So, said, we are, I like the way he said, we, are, we don't have a choice. We are bound. When I look at you, is it Tatiana? I look at you, I'm bound to give God thanks. Yeah. Oh, you know what? One of the beautiful things about being a pastor is when you see some people. When you see some people, it's like, the reason why I love people, and sometimes most of you, when I see you, you don't know how much my heart is excited. The reason why I ask you to keep coming to follow me, because you are not supposed to be in KP2. Your bones are too dry <laughs> to be in KP2. But when I look at you, it's an encouragement that the word of God works. Amen. And so, it endears you to me. But the beauty of churches, you can never exclude anybody. Doesn't matter how they look. Doesn't matter the condition around them in their life. No! Because, you see, what you don't know is how God has chosen this person. You see the person, socially it looks like a misfit. But inside, eternity is in their hearts. Why? Because God chose them. Before they even got messed up, they are chosen. And the Bible says that the callings of God, the calling of God are without repentance. Yeah. I think Romans 12, 29, or 11, 29, it says the, the when God calls you and chooses you, it's without, it says, the gifts and the, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He has chosen you and that's it. You are meant to be saved. Tell somebody, I was, I, I, I was meant to be here today. How many of you know you couldn't have planned to be here? Looking at the way your life is, there's no way you would have added, my plan is to be in church Sunday afternoon when I can be somewhere. It, how many of you know that it was not, never, it could have never been part of, yes. You didn't plan to be here, I also didn't plan to receive you. Because if I had planned it, I wouldn't have started from where we are. But God planned it. And God, that's why he said in the church, all the glory must go to God. Not, not an evangelist, not a prophet, not a preacher. Said in the church, Ephesians chapter 3, verse, verse 21, he said that, that uh, to him is able to do as a verse 20, uh, uh, be glory. Verse 21 says that to him be glory, where? For how long? By Christ, for how long? Through all generations. For how long? Forever. And how long? And ever. They say, Amen. Amen. But when it comes to the church, God alone deserves all the glory. Amen. Why? Because. He did the choosing before I did a preaching. <laughs> he did the choosing, and guess what? Even not that. He gave me what to preach so that the eternity he has put in your heart. I'm talking. You know some of you, eh? you you've been saying that the pastor was talking to me. But on the flip side, you also didn't know that I didn't know I was talking to you. How come I'm talking to you? I didn't know I was talking to you. There must be a mastermind behind it. God is talking to you. Why? And how come you, you felt this one was so much to me? Why? Because eternity has been put in your heart already. And he impressed a message on my, my heart that will resonate with the eternity in your heart so that there will be a reaction from you. There will be some resonance from you which will produce salvation. And he has chosen you from the beginning. Say, I'm chosen from the beginning. I'm chosen from the beginning. I am chosen. Not forsaken. I am who he says I am. So he has chosen us from the beginning. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. First Thessalonians, first Peter chapter 
Second Peter, first Peter chapter one, verse two. We go there. First Thessalonians, knowing, beloved brother, your election by God. God, God, God has also been doing voting. <laughs> and guess who he voted for? Me. Who did God vote for? Me. God was going to vote for a, a prime minister in heaven. And who did he vote for? Me. <laughs> God voted for you, knowing your election. God's election. Knowing, beloved, your election by God. By, say by God. By God. Say by God. By God. In Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. It's First Peter. Thank you. He said, you are elected according to the, did you see that? It was something that God already had. So you were misbehaving, but I had a foreknowledge that He's chosen you. Chosen you according to the foreknowledge of God. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says that, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and your call and election sure. In other words, he has elected you, but make it sure. So now you have a responsibility. Someone who has been chosen, there's a responsibility on you. Prove God right. Make it sure. Now that you are in church, make your election sure. Is someone learning something at all? Make, make your election sure. But what I like about Ephesians, as we read as well, is the timing of our choosing. First Peter chapter 1, verse 20. First Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Hmm. That, talking about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he indeed was foreordained when? Before, so you know, there are things that happened before the world began. How can science find that out? No, because science is just based on observations. But there were things that happened before anything, before time, before space, before matter. Okay, so science deals with time, space, matter, and um, time, space. There are five things time, space, matter. So that's what science deals with. But it doesn't deal with anything before space, before time, before matter. And, but our election is pre-scientific. God chose us. And Christ died for us from the foundation of the world. Revelation chapter um, 8, chapter 13 verse 8, he said, all who, all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose name have not been written in the book of, the, a book of life of the Lamb. When was the Lamb slain? From the foundation of the world. The Lamb, so it wasn't only when he came to Nazareth that he died. He had actually been slain from the foundation of the world. Chapter 17, verse 8. Revelation chapter 17, verse 8. It says that the beast... The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Did you see it happening? Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, and then I think I will. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you when? Is there a possible is there a possibility that some things have been prepared for you? Way before you were born. Your parents, my parents didn't know I was coming. But God knew I was coming. He actually sent me. It's not just that he knew I was coming, he sent me via my parents. I'm talking about you. God has chosen you. So the conclusion of the matter is this. 
We are so blessed. And the first of all the blessings is I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Tell somebody I'm chosen. If they have any objection, it's too late because I was chosen way before I was born. I was chosen way before you knew me. I was chosen way before I did what I did to disqualify me. I was chosen. Chosen in Christ from the foundation of the... So now he says that just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. There's an objective to our choosing, being chosen. We should be holy and blameless before him in love. Someone lift up your right hand. Say, thank you, Jesus, for choosing me. I am chosen. I am chosen. In spite of what happens in my life. In spite of what I go through. There's one, three, there's one thing that I now understand. And I accept and I celebrate. And that is the fact that I am chosen. I am chosen. Before I showed up, I have been chosen. Before I messed up, I was chosen. In spite of what I do, I have been chosen. Because of Jesus, I'm chosen in Christ. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I know I'm chosen. I know I'm chosen. And I accept the fact that I'm chosen. I accept the fact that I'm chosen. And I celebrate the fact that I'm chosen. And I thank you for choosing me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.